Hi, David. There's so much to discuss. Latest meeting of the US Federal Reserve, the end of negative interest rates in Europe, and the risk of recession. Let's start with the outlook for the European economy and the ECB. Hi, Alex. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about. And the elephant in the room for Europe is, of course, Russian gas supplies. Um, Russia accounts for about 40% of EU gas, but so far this year, Russian gas supply is running at less than a third of prior years. And uh, flow through the Nord Stream pipeline have been cut again by uh, Russia from 40% capacity to just 20%. So, you know, Putin is using Europe's dependence on Russian gas to, we think, create an energy crisis and to try to weaken EU support for Ukraine in its war with Russia. Um, and, and Europe's maxed out most of the alternative sources of energy. Um, it's been a big buy of uh, liquefied uh, natural gas. Um, so if, you know, current rates of Russian supply through the pipelines, um, it may be that you will face energy rationing in late winter. I mean, that will also depend on just how cold a winter it is. And we've seen European gas prices more than quadruple over the last 12 months. That's pushing up uh, electricity prices. It's destroying demand and uh, growth. Um, latest consumer sentiment, purchasing manager surveys deteriorated further. So I do think that now a recession, an outright contraction in GDP in the latter part of this year, you know, is the baseline. Um, and of course, against that backdrop, we have, you know, high energy prices pushing headline inflation to historic highs. And, and, and the ECB is having to react to that by tightening policy, even as the growth outlook deteriorates. Um, it was interesting with the ECB, after previously providing forward guidance that the first interest rate move would be 25 basis points. The ECB then delivered a 50 basis point rate hike. As you say, Alex, that did mark the end of negative interest rates, but it's also marked the end of forward guidance. Um, ECB President Lagarde said that monetary policy decisions will be data dependent, uh, meeting by meeting. Um, and what's also interesting is that despite this bigger than expected increase in interest rates from the ECB, core European government bond yields have actually continued to, to fall. And, you know, since if we look back to, you know, a month or so ago, middle of June, the market was pricing a peak in ECB rates of, of more than 2%. Today, it's pricing a peak of around about 1% um, for, for, for the ECB uh, policy rate. Um, I, th I think that's probably about fair. That's probably where the ECB will end up by the end of this year. But I then do think that effectively the European economy will be in recession. Um, base effects, assuming the commodity prices at least stabilise, um, you know, does will imply that inflation, headline inflation, will be uh, uh, falling. Um, so I think it's going to be tough for the ECB to go much further than 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 that. The other big announcement by the ECB uh, was a new um, policy tool, the Transmission Protection Instrument, or TPI, um, or as described by one market participant, the To Protect Italy uh, instrument. Um, under the TPI, the ECB's made an open-ended commitment to intervene in bond markets to prevent what they describe as unwarranted and disorderly uh, markets. Essentially, you know, a big blowout in terms of um, Eurozone sovereign credit um, spreads. Um, all members of the euro area uh, are eligible if they meet 
various targets with you know the meeting the EU fiscal rules, um, no major imbalances, and the government is complying with the commitments in the EU recovery and resilience plans. Do you think the TPI is credible and will it be tested by the political uncertainty in Italy? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think the TPI is credible. Um, you know, the ECB, I think, have made a very strong commitment that it will intervene potentially in unlimited size to prevent volatility in eurozone sovereign credit markets from you know destabilizing the eurozone or or, or even potentially threatening the viability um of, of of the euro so i think they've kind of taken out that left toe risk of a repeat of the eurozone sovereign debt crisis when we had a kind of self-fulfilling run on the periphery and 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 did bring the eurozone um uh, you know to the brink of of, of collapse um, that said, you know, I kind of highlighted the conditions or criteria for governments or, or, or countries to be eligible for, um, you know, the TPI, you know, sustainable fiscal and economic policies. But if they're meeting all of those, if they're meeting that criteria, I don't really understand why the market for their bonds would be disorderly and why spreads would be widening um, dramatically. And I think the ECB has also made very clear that the assessment of whether a country is eligible for TPI and and whether to buy its bonds is at their sole um, discretion. And that, I think, does open the ECB up to the charge that it has become sort of over um, uh, political. Um, I mean, as you suggested in your uh, question, Alex, you know, the credibility of the TPI, I think, you know, could get tested. You know, we have uh, Italian elections on September 25th. Um, polls suggest a, a right of centre coalition government that would be, I think, you know, less EU friendly and certainly less credible than the outgoing uh, Draghi uh, government. But there is a carrot of 200 billion euros of funding from the EU that I think is a powerful incentive for the incoming government to stick to the EU fiscal rules, which in any case have been relaxed post-pandemic, and and do just about enough to comply with the various kind of recovery and resilience plans that are necessary to unlock, um, you know, that 200 billion or or further disbursements under that. But we are going to have a long period of political uncertainty. Uh, We won't get a new government until sometime in October. Uh, 2023 budget, you know, it's not going to get finalised until the end of the November. And, you know, an incoming government, you know, may test how much fiscal and economic room for manoeuvre it has with the EU. So, look, I I think the TPI is credible. I think it does take out the tail risk of a sort of massive blowout in Italian or peripheral um, government bond spreads. but that doesn't mean I don't think that spreads can't widen further against what is a pretty uncertain political and economic backdrop uh, that's facing Europe as a whole, but Italy in particular. So let's turn away from Europe to the Fed's latest policy meeting. Yeah, so the Fed raised rates by 35 basis points, as expected for the second successive meeting. Um, so uh, the Fed funds uh, range is now between two and a quarter percent and two and a half percent, which is in line with the Fed's own estimate of what it thinks is the so-called neutral rate. So where the interest rate is is neither kind of stimulating growth, but nor is it uh, really dampening down in in, in terms of growth. So it's it's, it's kind of neutral setting. Um, 
I mean, the, 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 the Fed acknowledged that recent indicators of spending and production have softened, but it's also highlighted strong gains in jobs, reiterated its commitment to returning inflation to its 2% target. Um, and, and the Fed also you know, announced uh, that it was going to increase the caps on the runoff of its holdings of Treasury and mortgage-backed securities um, that are falling due and just allowing those to fall off its balance sheet and raising those caps to $95 billion per month starting in September. So we're getting, you know, into the heart, if you like, of quantitative tightening um, come, come September. We're, we're going to see quite a significant um, sort of reduction in the Fed's balance sheet and sort of withdrawal of liquidity through the shrinkage of that um, balance sheet. Um, in, in the press conference hosted by uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell, um, he, he stated that you know further rate hikes would be necessary to get policy into restrictive territory. But he also said that the pace of hikes would at some point moderate to allow, partly to allow the impact of earlier hikes to kind of feed through. I mean, interest rates you know take time. There's lags involved, um, and and very much and like the ECB, the Fed also abandoned uh, forward guidance and and said it will now make decisions on a meeting by meeting basis, uh, based on incoming data. And finally today, David, why has the market reacted so positively to the latest Fed meeting and another three quarter point interest rate hike? You know the, the S and P was already up on the day. Um, but after the Fed meeting closed another, I think, one, one and a half percent higher. Uh, we also saw yields on the two year Treasury note for a bit of a weaker dollar. Um, I, I, you know, I would warn or be wary of inferring too much from the immediate market reaction that often does get kind of or doesn't prove durable. Um, so you shouldn't, I think, read too much. That said, I, I do think that a lot of market participants have taken some comfort from the notion that, um, you know, with Fed rates now at their neutral level um, and the path of future rate increases data dependent, you know, the Fed is going to become more sensitive to recession risk. Um, and, you know, I think the market is also anticipating that we're going to see, you know, relatively sharp fall in inflation in the second half um, of, of the year. Therefore, you know, the Fed's going to increase rates further, probably by another 100 basis points by the end of this year to about three and a quarter percent. And the market, you know, which is what the market is pricing, uh, but the market is also pricing that that does prove to be the peak. And in fact, even by the middle of next year, um, the, the Fed starts to um, cut rates consistent with a kind of soft landing um, scenario. I, I, I mean, I think there's a lot of optimism built into this kind of um, narrative. I th you know, US inflation may well have peaked, but for the Fed to actually ease up on, you know, rate hikes, not necessarily the pace, but on continuing to raise rates beyond where the market is currently priced. Um, I do think that inflation's got to be on a, you know, on a sustained uh, downward path towards its 2% um, target. And I do think core inflation in particular will prove to be uh, much more sticky. I mean, the history of inflation is that it's slow moving. It has a lot of kind of inertia um, uh, built into it. So even though headline inflation may may, may, may fall more sharply with, with lower gasoline prices, for example, um, I'm, I'm more skeptical that core inflation will be um, slowing as fast as the I think the market's anticipating or hoping for and fast enough for the Fed 
to 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 stop raising rates uh, by the uh, end, end end of this year. Um, and and I also do think the abandonment of forward guidance, you know, by the by the Fed, you know, previously by the ECB, I think it's kind of been interpreted positively by many investors. Um, and and it's true. I think central banks are now start, starting to get off the sort of travelator to ever higher interest rates. Um, and it's certainly true that assets are more attractively valued after, you know, pretty brutal first half sell-off. An investor sentiment position is pretty bearish, and if you think peak rates are in sight, then you know there's 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 a case for saying the second half of the year would deliver positive returns on risk assets. But I think central banks are ditching forward guidance is also an admission by them of their lack of confidence in their ability to predict the path for growth and inflation. I think macro uncertainty remains very high. I think the reaction function of central banks in terms of this trade-off between inflation and growth, which they've not really had to face for, for, for many, many years, I think is you know, actually more uncertain than, than, than many investors assume. Um, I think we're gonna, it's more likely than not we're going to have a recession in Europe. And I think the path to a soft landing in the US is becoming ever narrower. So you know, I think central banks have concluded, like Yogi Berra, you know, it's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. And I think that's true for markets as well. So, yeah, I, I do think investors should tread with care right now. Thanks for your time today, David, and speak with you again soon. Thanks, Alex. This podcast is issued by Blue Bay or one of its entities. Please check the entire Blue Bay disclaimer at the following website, www.bluebay.com forward slash podcast disclaimer. This podcast is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended, nor should it be intended as investment, tax or legal advice. This podcast does not constitute an offer to sell, nor is it a solicitation of an offer to purchase any security or investment product in any jurisdiction. This podcast is not available for distribution in any jurisdiction where such distribution would be prohibited and is not aimed at such persons in those jurisdictions. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Blue Bay makes no express or implied warranties or representations with respect to the information contained in this podcast and hereby expressly disclaim all warranties of accuracy, completeness or fitness for a particular purpose. Blue Bay is under no obligation to update the information in the podcast to reflect changes after the publication date. The information contained in this podcast is believed to be reliable, but Blue Bay cannot and does not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness or completeness. The document is intended only for professional clients and eligible counterparties as defined by the Markets and Financial Instruments Directive or in the US by accredited investors as defined by the Securities Act of 1933 or qualified purchases as defined in the the Investment Company Act of 1940 as applicable and should not be relied upon by any other category of consumer. No part of this document may be reproduced, redistributed or passed on directly or indirectly to any other person, published in whole or in part for any purpose in any manner without the prior written permission of Blue Bay or one of its entities. Copyright 2022.